Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Well, Mama, kids are going back to school on Monday. Again, I'm going to just refrain from even getting excited or acknowledging that <laughs> until Sunday, maybe around like 3, 4 p.m. No, no, no. That's way too soon. It's too that, soon, right? That's okay. lots of time for Doug to change his mind again. When the school bell rings on Monday morning, is that the time? Yes. If it actually happens? When they get out of the car and go through the front doors of the building, uh-huh. kids are back in okay. school. Yeah, that's, that's the exact moment that I will feel it. Yesterday, the education minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, guys. Welcome to this episode of After 9. And truly, a a heartfelt thank you for downloading this episode. If you haven't already, hit subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. uh, Leave us a rating. And we would love to hear from you anytime. You can leave us a message. And we'll use some of them on the After 9 podcast. The phone number is coming up soon. We're talking about the return to school. And it's amazing to me that even though they intentionally leaked it Tuesday night, And even though the education minister came out and said the words yesterday, (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's still people who don't believe kids are going back to school on Monday. They think, yeah, we've seen this a few times before where the education minister comes out with the chief medical officer. They lay out the plan. Kids are going back. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. And then Doug comes out and pulls the fucking rug out and says, nah, just kidding. Fuck you, Doug. that's, That's the fear, right? I think for those who are looking forward to it, I should say, that is the fear. And then yesterday, so Leche, like you said, came out and gave us some details on what that looks like. No, I don't work at a school. You guys know this, obviously. Duh. I don't know what this is going to be like, but I'm hearing different things from different people who do work at a school, whom this, um, I don't even know what to call it, I guess, new daily schedule, basically, how that's going to go for them. For those who don't know or didn't see the announcement, in a nutshell, here's the plan. Kids are going to be given two rapid tests to take home. Every student is going to get those across the province. You can use those as you need to. If a kid is at school and they develop COVID symptoms, they're going to be given a PCR test to take home when they're presumably gone until they get the results of that PCR test. So that checks a couple of boxes when it comes to testing. When it comes to masks, kids are going to get the paper three-ply masks. Teachers are going to get N95 masks. When it comes to filtration... They're putting HEPA filters in. Apparently, we already had Mm 70,000. I don't know where they are, but apparently we had 70 and they ordered 3,000 more. That should put them in more schools. Just not every classroom is going to have one. They say they will, but we're not even close right now, and I don't think that 3,000 is going to close that gap. Hey, maybe they'll prove me wrong. The thing that seems to have people confused is the 30% number, which is very, very arbitrary. What they're going to do is, rather than tell you, Hey, just so you know, in your kid's class, somebody has tested positive. You should monitor for symptoms and maybe go get a test. They're not going to do that anymore. We've stopped testing because apparently here in the fourth wave, two years later, our testing capacity has completely fallen off the rails and nobody has offered a good explanation for why. So now what they're going to do is if 30% of the school is out, The school is going to inform public health. Public health will inform you, hey, just so you know, like three out of ten people in that school are gone right now. So something's probably up. You might want to test. And that's the point where maybe they would um, continue on with getting extra resources and extra people in there. Is it only until it's 30 percent or do we do this person by person? Like, I mean, the principal, let's say, of every school is going to know. You're going to know, hey, grade two teacher, Miss Smith, Mr. Smith over here and Miss Brown over there. They're all out. They're going to obviously have to put in uh, supplies or whatever in that case. But at 30 percent, what does that even mean, though? You're reporting it. That's good. But it does it mean the school shut down or where, how does that work? Well, it's not. Uh, it could the get shut down. Could. It, it, it could. They could shut down the class or class. Okay. They, they could do any number of things there. Right. That's that's ultimately going to fall to public health. But the 30 percent is going to be updated daily principals are going to report daily absences. Yeah, because principals have extra time for that. They're going to do that every day to the education ministry. And then that will go as part of the provincial numbers. Public health only gets involved if there's 30% and then they inform the uh, other people in the school. Uh, Three out of 10 people are missing. It doesn't break down, though, why they're missing. Kids are absent from school for any number of reasons, including general sickness that's not COVID, uh, vacation, vacation, 
I suppose, yeah. It happens for doctor's appointments and dentist appointments. There's all kinds of reasons that a kid might not go to school, and you won't know if it's because of COVID or because of something else. And I get that some people have a problem with that. I've heard teachers asking, would you want to go to work and have no idea if the person beside you is positive or not? I mean, I go to work every day, and I have no idea if the person beside me is positive or not. Mm-hmm. You go, you I, I, go I think out most people time. do. Yeah, most, pe- most people. Actually, I know there's some people who really avoid going out at all costs, but... The majority of us, we at least go out, we're going grocery shopping, we're going to the mall maybe, maybe we pop into a store. We don't know in any of those circumstances. Now, there's an argument to be made that you're not around those people out in public as much as you are around coworkers or around mm-hmm. people in class, absolutely. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Dr. Kieran Moore, our chief medical officer of putting his foot in his mouth, had an interesting comment yesterday. Uh, let's listen back to Dr. Moore during the news conference. So, yeah, we have plenty of experience using absenteeism data for normal viral respiratory seasons, uh, and this is based on our experience uh, aggregated over the years of influenza reporting uh, in absenteeism associated with other viruses. So we do think that a thresh, given the variation and reasons for absenteeism, a threshold of a rise uh, of 30% uh, uh, most likely would represent increased activity in the community and would be a point at which we would want to acknowledge that, uh, to review what's going on in the community and communicate that back to all parents. So it seems, based on our previous experience, that that uh, number has worked well for us. Um, And what do you think is going on with the vaccine uptake with uh, 5 to 11-year-olds? Why is it so low? And given it is so low and how important you say vaccines are, why have they not been mandated in schools? So it is a new vaccine, uh, and as a result of that, we um, want a greater experience with it before we'd ever mandate it. And I don't think any jurisdiction uh, in Canada ha- has mandated the virus to date, or the vaccine to date. Um, uh, and uh, I am... Um, it's about time we mandated that virus. <laughs> so... The problem here that some people are flagging, and I don't even necessarily disagree with the guy. By the way, no, he's right. He's absolutely right. I understand that he was a little discombobulated, understandable, considering everything that's going on right now. He's completely right. I mean, at least he's saying what's true. It's new, and we know that there's going to be hesitancy, and we know this and that. Why mandate something when there's already so much pushback as it is, is basically what he's saying. Basically, that is what he's saying, and that follows the guidance of the World Health Organization. Yes. For those who don't know, even the World Health Organization has told governments... Stop fucking pressuring the shit out of people to get a vaccine. Stop shaming people to get a vaccine. The World Health Organization now agrees with Aaron O'Toole when they say people need to have a conversation. They need to be spoken to in an adult way. You need to answer their questions and address their concerns. Simply shaming them or trying to mandate that they get vaccinated is not working. People that are not vaxxed are not vaxxed for whatever their reason is, Mm -hmm. and you've got to stop pressuring the shit out of them over this they said that and i think dr moore has taken that to heart because he seems to have taken a different tone but when he acknowledged what is a very true fact whether you want to hear it or not the reality is this is a brand new vaccine most of us have not even had it in us for a full year Mm -hmm. we haven't done a five-year study a 10-year study a 15-year study and i'm not even saying that that's necessary but it's a new vaccine. Because the and odds to a lo- are so low, by the way. And I think anyone who actually researches it knows the odds are so low that something bad's going to happen, by the way. Right. So people that are very, very pro-vax are like, oh, what a dumb fucking thing to say. He's undermining the vaccines. He's going to cut confidence in it. He gave ammunition to the anti-vax movement. And I don't think he did. No. I think he just said what's very true and what's on regular people's minds. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are vaccine hesitant, and part of the reason for that is it is still very, very new. And and you and I have talked about it. The best way to, if you actually want to encourage people to get it, not to shame, but to give them some space to breathe and figure things out for themselves. Conversations with people around them help, right? You might be hesitant, but then you find out like, oh, you know, like this person around me and this person and this person, this person, they all got it. They feel protected. They They're good. Maybe I should, you know, like they're giving me all the signs to say, yeah, you should do it. I'm deciding this on my own. People don't like being forced into things. I mean, that's human nature. We don't like being told you must do this here. I'm going to push you in that direction. There's going to be pushback from that. The, the sooner you realize that, and thankfully, who, like you said, mentioned, basically mentioned that, like chill out with pressuring people. Mm-hmm. Then it's going to happen. That's kind of human nature. That's how we are in a lot of different ways. You pressure someone to do something, their instant reaction is, fuck that. Right? You're strict on things. People want to push back. 
So there's no difference here, even though to you, this is science and it's absolutely, you know, 100% it's effective and all these other things. A lot of people don't have that same train of thought. We are humans. So this is the way that we kind of operate. So the school plan is the plan, like it or not. And parents were still uh, reminded that they have the option to pull out. If you don't like the plan, you're most welcome to continue with online learning. And that's probably the best balance here. God, this government drives me nuts because this was another self-inflicted thing. When they closed schools, half the country got all fucking livid and pissy and freaking out, us included. But then they reopened schools and then the other half got all pissy. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you guys just pick a side and stick with it? I really don't fucking understand why they're continuously doing that to themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, instead of pissing half the people off, they've pissed everybody off at one point. Yeah, it's it's hard. I've seen a lot of that, too, by the way. I've, I've seen a lot of it lately. Yesterday, the prime minister also spoke. And one of the things he was asked about is the vax tax that Quebec wants to put in. As as a country. Uh, Different jurisdictions and the federal government have uh, taken many strong measures to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. And quite frankly, Canadians have stepped up themselves to one of the highest rates of vaccination in the world because we know this is the way to get through it. No, it's not. Can we just address this? It's not the way through it. You said it was the way through it. That's how you bribed us all into getting shots the first two times. But we're back in lockdown. Stores are closed. Gyms are closed. All that shit is closed. And we're not hosting the fucking Olympics. There's no reason for this to be happening right now. Go ahead, Justin. And for people who continue uh, to hesitate or to choose not to get vaccinated, um, they are losing privileges to do certain things, whether it's get on a a train or a plane, whether it's travel internationally, whether it's uh, move forward uh, in, in a job in the public service or even have a job in the public service. We have been taking strong measures from the very beginning. And yes, uh, we know that there is uh, continued debate on this. Uh, The Conservative Party of Canada uh, continues to uh, resist measures to uh, encourage people to get vaccinated. They not even choosing to get vaccinated themselves. But at the federal level, we've taken some very strong level measures at the provincial levels. They're uh, looking at measures that will work. For them, this Quebec proposal is something that obviously everyone is is paying attention to right now, but there are still many details to know. And the details will be important in how this works, uh, how it balances uh, the values and the rights that we all cherish as Canadians with the necessity of keeping people safe. And he went on from there. I I do think Justin's on the wrong side of this. Maybe he didn't get the memo from the World Health Organization, or maybe he just wants to have some sort of a weird left-wing legacy where he's just some sort of a hero because he forced his people to get vaccinated. I don't know. Maybe that's the, what he's going for here. Are you, are you saying that because he didn't take a strong stand against it? He didn't take a strong stand. Well, he's, he's not taking anything off the table. I, I think if it were up to him, it would be lockdowns and vaccines and that's it. And if we have you to mandate so? it, we'll mandate it. Yeah, I mean, he just seems to be going that way. He's putting the boots hard to the people who chose not to get vaccinated. And it's going to come up again when they try and make the third shot part of it. The thing is, uptake on the third shot is not there. Uh, case in point, where our radio show is here in Waterloo Region. And by the way, you can go back. We said this in December that it would happen. Uh, all the, the appointments were booked up and and you couldn't get an appointment before the middle of February, even if you tried at the end of December or beginning of January. People were frustrated. Well, lo and behold, here we are. Yesterday on the 12th of January, walk-ins available. Clinics across the region. Mm-hmm. You went on this morning to see what kind of availabilities there are, and there are dozens of available appointments today. At one point, there was nothing. You couldn't find anything for weeks. And then all of a sudden, yep, today, tomorrow, the next day. Basically, whatever floats your boat. It's walk-ins now if you want that third dose in a lot of different regions. And let's be honest, the the demand for third shots beyond the initial demand is not there. And part of the problem is they aren't acknowledging some very basic things. I still don't know why no one is acknowledging what the director of the CDC in America said. Just the other day, we brought it up, but I didn't play the audio. But I want to play the audio so you guys can hear this right from the director of the Center for Disease Controls, one of the most respected health bodies in the world. She was on the Situation Room with Wolf Blitzer. Here's what she said. 
Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fail, uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings. Um, our vaccines are One more working time. exceptionally well. One more time. Um, they continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. They can't prevent transmission. Vaxxed or unvaxxed, you can spread COVID. Don't take my word for it. That's the director of the Center for Disease Controls on network television in America explaining that the vaccines don't stop transmission. And people just want honesty. They hear her say stuff like that, and then they hear Justin Trudeau out there saying, do it for the people you love. Do it for for the people you love. And frankly, those two things don't equal each other. They can't both be true at the same time. It's just impossible. If you're doing it to protect the people you love so you don't give them the virus, that's not what the vaccines are doing. These are two different different people because we have one who's uh, political, right, who's only really looking at what people see. He likes to see those numbers high. Let's not forget that he thinks that makes him look good. CDC doesn't have anything to really lose no. or gain. But Justin th- does. So that's why he likes to have... That makes sense to me. Yep. You know what I mean? What he says doesn't. But the fact that he says it makes sense to me. He wants people around the world to look at those numbers and be like, holy shit, Canada's vaccine number. Holy shit, incredible. And he's procured enough for four shots each. Wow, what a great leader. And make all of us feel like, oh, wow, what a great leader we have. He's got an agenda. CDC doesn't necessarily have one of those. So there's a difference there. Well, the CDC has worked directly under President Joe Biden and directly under President Donald Trump. Two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And for the most part, I think they have been fairly transparent. And what's going to save lives? Justin giving you that sense that, oh, as long as you get your shot, everything is good. It's not good. We're locked down again. Yeah. Still businesses are closed. And let's go back to we've done all the right things and... Look, we're still here. We're still here. But then you get that little dose of honesty. I think that's going to save lives. You get the director of the CDC admitting there are some limitations to the virus or sorry, (laughs) to the vaccine. And and the world leaders, they aren't publicly coming out and saying that. And I don't understand why when the CDC is they're saying, listen, even if you're vaccinated, you could still spread it. If you have someone in your house that's not vaccinated, they are at a higher risk of a bad outcome if they go into the hospital. So don't have that false sense of security that because you're vaxxed, you can do whatever you want because that's not reality. The reality is everybody needs to get vaccinated for them. If you are worried about going into the hospital, if you're worried about being on a respirator, the best thing you can do is, I still think, boost your own immune system. There's many different supplements and vitamins you can be taking. You can get yourself in shape. You should get yourself some vitamin D, whether it be through a supplement or outside. Mm -hmm. You should get exercise and you should get vaccinated. I'm saying vaccinated under the full definition of vaccination currently, which is two shots. Does it die off that much? Or are they really just trying to get you a third and fourth shot? That I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But I do respect the CDC for coming out and acknowledging that because that's important, relevant information. It's great. By the way, the chief medical officer did say yesterday, this is Kieran Moore again, that Ontario is not considering a vax tax. Dr. Moore says the measure that was announced by Premier Francois Legault in Quebec seems punitive. Ooh, that's the red line in the sand. You can't be punitive when it comes to somebody's body and their vaccines. You can't be punitive. That's the one thing a government can't do. He also said that he and his colleagues have never recommended to the Ontario cabinet that they implement a vax tax and nor will they. Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I mean, all in all, think what you will about what the education minister had to say. Uh, I, I think that we're making some progress here. It seems like there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. The kids are going to go back to school. That's great. We just need Doug to stay consistent on this and get the businesses reopened. Reopen them. Uh, one last thing on this before we move on, because I want to talk about how old you are, Kat, okay. without actually talking Let's about how old you are. Let's do it. Here's another one that I would like to see them study a little bit more, because I happen to feel there's something to this. 
researchers from Oregon State University have found certain cannabis compounds can prevent the virus, COVID-19, from entering human cells. For clarity, pot can stop COVID from going into your cells. Let me explain. The study found a pair of cannabinoid acids in cannabis, sativa to be specific, bind to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. Consequently, preventing a critical step in the COVID infection process. Interesting. More specifically, those two compounds, CBGA and CBDA, that spike protein that those two cannabinoid acids bind to is the very same viral destination of COVID vaccines and antibody therapies where it targets. Interesting. I wonder if this is... Um, I wonder if that's why I didn't catch COVID. Uh, a, probably. <laughs> B, and it was your weed, um, which I've had before. Um, also, I'm wondering how many studies are also being done about this. Like, we, this is one. Are there others? Do we know? I've, I'm not sure they would... Don't get me wrong. I'm sure that they didn't publish that there's other places doing this. But I'm curious, and I think that they should stay on this. That, for some countries who haven't legalized it at all... You know, maybe like a a taboo thing to say, but here in a country like Canada where it's legal, hey, if if that turns out to be a pretty good option for those who say choose not to get vaccinated, and this ends up being exactly what it seems to be, that it helps, great, good. I think it's great too. Hey, whatever helps. I know that they really, 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 Justin, Doug, all these guys, they want to stick needles in you, and and that's totally fine for some people. I got my two, and I'm good. Uh, Many, many millions of people have. But for those who don't, it doesn't need to be this way. They don't necessarily have to have a death sentence stapled to their forehead because there are therapeutics out there that can seriously— if you happen to be the one in a 1,000 that goes into a hospital and then the one in a 100 of them that might actually go into the ICU— and you're in a real serious, dangerous situation where you've got, your lungs are filled with fluid, you can't breathe. Mm-hmm. If, God forbid, you're in that situation, there are drugs out there that can prevent you from getting there. They're even made by Pfizer. I don't understand why Health Canada hasn't stepped up and done this. They're approved in America. Give people the drugs. And we stop have, shaming people that didn't get vaccinated. You know, and, and we have our own processes, and that I fully understand. Our processes are going to be different. Maybe that means they take longer. I, I don't know how or why. Um do you feel like it'll happen, though, eventually, that they will eventually approve this? Oh, I think it's coming imminently. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get an announcement in the next five days. That's the rumor I'm we'll hearing see. anyway. We'll see. And you know what? Like you said, any bit counts. Great. One last thing that I want to play for you guys is the premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe. He is um, a conservative leader, and he's got some very strong opinions on COVID. He's not very outspoken about it. He's he's not like uh, some of the, the mouthpieces south of the border or even some of them here in Canada. He just seems to be a real common sense kind of guy. And he was honest with the people of Saskatchewan yesterday. Listen to Premier Mo. But it's now clear, at least in this Omicron wave of the pandemic, that a lock, lockdown policies uh, can cause harm in our communities, uh, often with little or, or virtually no benefit. They cause economic harm uh, by taking away jobs and, and removing uh, family livelihoods. They cause psychological harm by taking away social contact, most particularly uh, for, our, for our youth. And they are an infringement on, on the rights and freedoms that we uh, have come to enjoy and, and, uh, and value as Canadians. I thought it was funny that he called them rights and freedoms. Justin called them privileges. Mm-hmm. What, what Scott Moe calls your rights, Justin Trudeau calls your privilege. The ability to take a train, the ability to travel. It's crazy to me. Here's the rest of what Mr. Uh, Premier Mo said. And that's why um, they should only be used if absolutely necessary and only if they can clearly be shown that they are being effective hmm. and they are working. And- Thank you, Premier Mo. Yeah, lockdown should never be used unless it's an absolute emergency. And they should only be used as long as they're working. Once they stop working, once they stop having the desired effect of blunting or stopping or flattening, then they got to go as quickly as possible. We are spending a lot of money on COVID. Uh, 
the Canadian Taxpayers Federation has a vehicle that they drive around Washington with Canada's debt clock on it. You can see in real time how quickly <laughs> Canada's debt is rising. And this what is... A, that's a doomsday clock is what that is. That's what it feels like. Well, it's getting there because Kat, just the other day, we reached the limit. There are now too many digits in Canada's trillion dollar debt to fit on the goddamn clock. Once it got to $999 billion, they've run out of space to put in another number. That's a frustrating thing, you know? That's a frustrating thing that you feel like you don't have any control over. You and me, we don't have any control over that. The federal debt Ugh. increases by $10,000 per second. Every second, Canada's debt goes up by ten grand. It's $43 million an hour, a billion dollars a day. Because it's not just the debt. We owe that to somebody. And if you've got a mortgage or a car payment or a line of credit or a credit card, you know that you got to pay interest until you pay it back. And the interest alone is killing us. It's insane. It really is crazy. Can we borrow from like a rich relative or something? How does that work? <laughs> Do we have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it, sad. It's sad is what it is because it, it's going to it affects us. Yes, that's sad. It'll affect our children. It'll affect our children's children. This will be a thing for a long, long time. 90% vaxxed and we are in lockdown in Canada. And that's going to be shocking if you're listening anywhere outside of Canada. But this is our government. This is where we've gotten to. 90% vaxxed, locked down in the two biggest provinces in the country. Uh, how's America doing? Well, first off, President Biden has reached a new low in his popularity. 33% approval. That's lower than Donald Trump had. Now, th this is a pandemic thing, right? I mean, I can't find another way around it. Not a lot of leaders are being favored, favorited right now by anybody. Like, It's a difficult time to be a leader. I yeah. don't care who you root for and what party you wish was in place if they aren't in place right now. It is a really difficult time. I don't think anyone's doing it perfectly. There are some people doing it well. But I don't think anybody is doing it perfectly because how do you navigate something so rocky? So I think that's kind of the case for Joe Biden as well. Maybe anyone in that position who would have taken over for Donald Trump or Donald Trump himself would have found themselves here. Very true. Yeah, it has been very tough on the leaders, especially because it keeps... Uh Cranking out new waves. Oh, the yeah. Omicron wave, the Delta wave, yeah. the, all that shit. In the beginning, they probably thought it was good for their political careers. Like, oh, yeah. let's be honest. A lot of politicians were jacked that they got to step up to a microphone and on television, and whether it's their region, their province, or their country, and step up and be like, I'm leading us through this. I've got this. Now they're probably at the point where like, fuck, this is really going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it will, too. As we deal with mandating and taxing and all passports and all that sort of shit. Let me tell you what America's dealing with. And this is part of the reason that Joe's approval is so low. They say number one is inflation, the economy. Okay. Number two is his handling of COVID. Officials across the U.S. are again weighing how and if they should even impose a mask mandate. As Omicron continues to soar. <laughs> Can you imagine here? I'm just trying to, sorry, I, I automatically just think of here. Okay. Much of the debate centers around the schools, some of which are closed due to infection-related staffing issues. Yet in a variety of places, mask mandates are being lifted or voted down. It's reported the U.S. government has a stockpile of more than 750 million N95 masks. And there's places that have outlawed the ability to mandate that you wear a mask. Isn't it? Doesn't this kind of remind you of when we were really desperately looking for shots and we didn't have shots and that you looked over there and they have like so many shots and you're like, can we just get some shots, please? Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of like that with masks. Like, well, we'll take them if you're not using them. Well, that's the thing. It's so second nature for almost all of us here in Canada. We just wear our mask. That was one of the simple things that we were asked to do at the beginning. Wear a mask. And now we do. You don't go into public places and see people unmasked. Very, very seldom do you see it. In America? There's a lot of people not wearing masks and they are going to revolt at even the thought of mandating that you have to. They may not even in America be able to mandate masks. That's what a difference it is between there and here. Mm -hmm. Compulsory vaccinations, vax tax, there'd be a goddamn civil war. Mm -hmm. People standing up for their rights in America. And I, I'm actually surprised it hasn't happened here, but I have a feeling it's coming. It, could. it really does seem that way. Let's switch gears here because I did say that I wanted to talk about you. This is a survey that was done specifically on women. Redbook and Lifetime conducted this survey. 4,100 women responded. It's all about age and aging. 
Have you ever lied about your age to say you were younger? Never. I've never lied about it. More than 20% of women over 35 have. One in five lying to say that they're younger than that. Are you more concerned about looking old or being overweight? Looking old or being over... Oh, I probably... Honestly, being overweight, I think. I mean, both are a concern. Both. <laughs> They're both, both a problem. Both. both? I mean, do I have to pick one? Uh, but if I had to pick one, I really do think that, I mean, we age. We age. We get older. That happens. When you're overweight, that's something you can control and something you should look into. And and getting healthy is really important. That's in your control. We all age. So that's kind of out of your control. 80% of women said they fear being overweight more than they fear being old yeah. or looking old. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And it's funny because I looked the same age for about 15 years and then boom, overnight. Oh, I have some bags under my eyes. Oh, fuck the hair and my beard's turning gray. What the fuck? What happened? But we age. all age. And, and you know what though? It, it does sort of catch up or sneak up on you. Just sure. one day you look in the mirror and think, what the wasn't fuck? I 25 like a week ago? Yeah. That happens all the time. And I, I struggled with it. I really, really did. And I was doing things to try and make myself look younger. And like what? I, like, like what were you doing? Like I would dye my beard. Oh, I'd, gotcha. I yeah, tried that. That's normal. Yep. I tried that once. I think most guys will. And it's not hard to do. It seems to be a heck of a lot easier than even coloring your hair. <laughs> they got those little beard combs they and do. stuff in a yeah, box and yeah, shit yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I tried that. I had some uh, different products that I was using to get rid of the bags under my eyes. But it's weird because a lot of women really seemed to like that mature look. And I didn't even fully realize it until people started sliding into the DMs a couple of years ago, back when during the summer of Scott. And they were telling me, <laughs> the summer of Scott. holy shit. Oh, where'd yeah. that beard come from? Got a little salt and pepper look going. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. It was crazy. And I was shocked because I didn't know. I looked and thought, wow, I look like a bag of shit. I should figure <laughs> out how to fix this. Turns out I was probably more attractive than I had been just to a different audience. Isn't that, doesn't that go to show you though, is that your own view of yourself is usually a lot worse it, than, than people around you actually feel about you. I think generally speaking, all of us are way too hard on ourselves. We sure are. And, and obviously social media has a play in that too, right? We look at pictures of people all the time. We look at pictures of ourselves all the time. I don't want to put, I don't want to do that. You know, it's a lot about the visual. Are you worried about looking older than your man? Let's say you and your husband oh. are out. Or what if they're like, oh, look at that. Younger guy with an older woman. Would that ever happen? I don't think. We are the exact same age. For those that don't know, we are the exact same age. We went to school together, everything else. We, I've never even thought about that before. Can I just say that's never, that's not really a thought or a concern to me? About a quarter of women express concern that they will look significantly older than their partner. Weird. I wonder why though and why that would matter. If you would consider surgery, what would you most like to change? Okay, so this is a survey. So people answered this question. Surgery. Cosmetic surgery. What I would most like to change? Uh, Anything. Oh, Sky's God. the limit. You can go from a nose job, tummy tuck, get your boobs done, oh, whatever you want. I don't know. It's like I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. So it's hard for me to say. I. I. Um. I don't know. I, I guess. Yeah, a tummy tuck. Let's just go with that. Number one. Okay, there you number go. Number one. That's why I, that's why I assumed was number one. 61% say if they got a, a cosmetic surgery, the thing they would change first is their stomach. 40% though chose their thighs. Okay. What is the thighs thing? Are you just trying to get a little thigh gap going down there? Or? I don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask the people that did it. Some <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Like I was, their... That was more rhetorical <laughs> than anything else. I wasn't talking about your thoughts. <laughs> no, I think that, uh, yeah, some people are insecure about that. There's a lot of areas of the body that people are more insecure about. So if they want to fix it and they had the means to do so, that's probably the areas that they would look at. Last but certainly not least, would you be willing to try a quote unquote magic pill or surgery to look younger? Imagine that. We're in a time where there's so many people questioning the vaccines and what's in it, what are the long-term effects, blah, blah, blah. But if somebody came to you and said, hey, here's a magic pill that'll keep you young forever, people aren't asking ingredients. They're just saying, yep, I'll fucking I'll take swallow it. that shit yep, right now. Yep. <laughs> One quarter of women expressed concern. Oh, no, sorry. That's the wrong answer. Uh, more than half of the respondents say they would pay for a magic pill that could stop the aging process. Almost half of women said they would consider undergoing surgery 
to look younger. So it's almost yeah, a 50 oh 50 God. split. It's, that's that shit scares me though. I'll say like, and to each their own. If you've had surgery to make yourself look younger, by all means, you have every right to do that. Whatever makes you feel good about you, and I mean men, women, doesn't matter. Fine, but that scares me because you've seen some botched shit, and sometimes you end up looking real not good. Some people think they look good, and that's fine. Hey, 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 that's fine. But then a lot of the time, you hear. You know, even if you hear feedback on someone getting something done. And have you been in that scenario where you know somebody and you're like, fuck, I think you had something done. Oh, there's some people where it's, you can't even deny you had something done. It's obvious to everyone you had something done. And a lot of the times it is about you. And that's, and that's important though. If someone really feels the need, like they got to get this nose job, for example, I hate my nose, always hated it. This is going to make me feel more confident. It's all about making yourself feel more confident, but it does get scary sometimes to me. I don't know. (sighs) Ah. I want to introduce you here to 46-year-old Michael Caranda. Michael is an elementary school teacher in South Dakota, and Michael happens to live with his 73-year-old mom. Michael recently did a trip to Colorado where you can get recreational cannabis, and he decided, I'm going to bring something home to South Dakota. It's illegal in South Dakota, but I'm buying it in Colorado, so I'll just keep it at home and everything will be cool. He bought a jar of... THC butter. That's what you would use to make edibles. Sure. So before he went to bed, just the other night, he decided, gonna make me some brownies with this THC butter here. And I don't know if he did this intentionally or if he truly did not understand how it works, but he used approximately half a pound of THC butter. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like, that's gonna make a pretty potent batch of brownies. Here's the problem, though. As I said, he lives with his 73-year-old mother, Irene. Well, Irene came home and saw that Michael there had made some brownies, and she thought, oh, isn't that nice? What a great son. I'm going to take these to my friends over at the old age home. This is already reminding me of Grandma's Boy. Anyone seen Grandma's Boy? Great, great, great movie. And it was similar, but with tea. So I'm picturing that happening, but this is real life. Okay, what? Oh, it's an old age home. Yeah, she took him to an old age home. That's horrible. Did they all get stoned? Around 8 o'clock that night, 911 dispatchers started receiving numerous calls from the seniors' residents. Some of them claiming they've been poisoned. Send an ambulance now. The wallpaper's moving. What the fuck? (laughs) Well, they hadn't actually been poisoned. My soup and sandwich is talking to me right now. Is that normal? Huh? I had a tomato soup and a half a grilled cheese and started talking to me. I can hear my hair growing. <laughs> Apparently they were like right fucked up. Yeah, you would be. Have you ever done, okay, I know you've done edibles before. Like Only your the OCS, stuff you get, yeah. But you've never done like, hey, I baked this shit, try it out. No, nobody's ever baked me like a homemade edible. Don't do it. Don't do it. My, my husband cousin is a chef, okay? So I'm thinking this chef, he's good, knows what he's doing. Gave us a couple of cookies once. Years. This is years ago. Gave us a couple of cookies once. Said, oh yeah, just be, be, you know, be cautious. Split the cookie. Okay, that sounded like good advice. Shouldn't have said split it. Should have said break off a tiny piece. Oh, it was that bad? I thought I was going to fucking die. <laughs> and I'm not over-exaggerating. Like, I was lying in bed going, I'm going to fucking die. I'm going to fucking die. And my husband... No help, because he was also pretty paranoid, because that's what I am. I'm more paranoid. That's why I don't do a lot of it. I, I'll smoke a little bit of weed, sure. I'll have, like, one of the 10 milligram, you know, edible pieces. The OCS that's ones? That's the most I can do. Yep, I, for the OCS guys. They don't do anything for me, though. Well, just be careful. Don't go overboard, because I'm telling you, you'll feel like you're going to die. Like, I was like, oh. It's, and then it, and, and there were instances where I was like, and we took a half a cookie. I don't know how much was in it, but it was too much for me. And there were, And then there were moments it passed, and I went, Okay, I'm good now. It's over. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, fuck, it's not over. I am still going to die. It was horrible. It was a horrible experience. I've never touched them since, aside from, like I said, those little guys. Go down to the garage and start the ambulance. (laughs) We don't have an ambulance. I just couldn't imagine poor senior citizens, some of whom have probably never smoked in their life. Maybe some have. Maybe it's been years. They never even thought about this. How you would feel not knowing that that's happening to you. Because at least, you know, in some circumstances, you know, obviously, you should know. Hey, I just had a pot cookie and now I feel like this. I had a gummy and whoa, I think it was too much. I got to sit down for a bit. This is too much for me. They had no idea and they were just consuming this brownie. Like, this is a good brownie. What the fuck is that fairy doing in here? (laughs) 
too much. The uh, emergency services responded. They dealt with the situation. However, it was that they dealt with it. Everybody's fine. They slept it off. They're good now. Good. Oh, poor things. However, back to Michael there, who baked these brownies with way too much THC butter to begin with. Recreational cannabis is illegal in South Dakota. Police, because of what happened, had to do something. Yeah. And it wasn't uh, mom's fault there. Irene didn't know when she took the brownies to the senior's home that they were full of pot. Of course it's not her fault. I feel bad for her. She probably feels terrible. But I do kind of feel bad for Michael here, too. I mean, no, he shouldn't have left them out. If he did, he should have labeled them, left a note. Hey, these are for me. Be very, very careful. Don't eat these particular brownies. Something. So that his mom knows. His mom didn't know. She just saw the brownies and took them. But Michael has now been charged with possession of a controlled substance, Mm. a felony. He could face up to five years in jail and a $10,000 fine. Eesh. All you had to do was hide the brownies somewhere or do something else or, uh, oh my God, that's brutal. That is brutal. Yeah. I, I actually feel bad for him because, yeah. I mean, he thought he was going to get away with this and he probably should have if he had just baked the brownies and ate them. It would have been no problem. This wasn't him that said, take him to the old age home. His mom just did it. Yeah. In so- another way, it's true. Mom just kind of was like, okay, snatching these up, not asking questions. Um. Did you know that this is a thing that people combine Lucky Charms with Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereal? Particularly those two? No. But I, I used to cr- I used to cross uh, cross cereals all the time when I was a kid. I remember doing that mix up. But it but it wasn't necessarily Lucky Ch- I wasn't a le- I don't like Lucky Charms. No, Not neither a fan. do I. It's Not bullshit. a fan. Uh, okay, we're going to come back <laughs> to the mixing bullshit. that you used to do. First off, they are the bullshit. Bullshit, he says. I've told you before. I don't like them. I have major texture issues with food and I can't eat those cuz the marshmallows are soft but the even, cereal's crunchy. Those aren't even marshmallows either. What the fuck are those? It's just a clump of sugar, right? It's a clump of sugar. Sugar and dye. Yeah. That's all it is. So, anyway, I tweeted this out this morning cuz I still don't understand it. General Mills says they're responding to fan demand by combining it. You can now buy a box of cereal that's already mixed between your Lucky Charms and your Cinnamon Toast Crunch. We're so lazy. Was it, even if you did like this mixture, fine. No judgment. Don't give a shit what you eat. You were that lazy that you couldn't open two boxes, but not lazy enough. You went ahead and wrote a very strongly worded letter or a tweet to let them know you wanted them mixed? Is that what I'm getting at here? So, no, can't mix it myself, but I can go out of my way to type this out and let them know that I would like it to be combined? Yeah. I, I Listen, <clears throat> we don't want to judge you guys. We're just glad you're here and, and listening to After 9. But I do want you to look inside yourself right now and ask yourself, are you the type of person that would write a letter to General Mills to combine the cereal for you so you don't have to do it on your own? Because if you are... I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but it's going to have to be me. You're an asshole. You're an asshole. What are you writing letters you- to cereal companies for? What, what the fuck are you doing here? Do you have nothing else? Can I see your day timer? Because I want to see what you do all day that you carved out time to write a goddamn letter to General Mills saying, well, it's kind of shitty though. I got to mix my own cereal. Fuck do you, off. Do you think they might be full of shit though? Do you think that they're full of shit that there was so much demand for this mixture to occur? I, uh, it, it's a very common sales tactic. And maybe you've even noticed this with the vaccines here in Ontario. If you tell people there's a demand for it, they want it more. Right. If you tell people, holy shit, everybody's been writing to us to combine Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Lucky Charms. Maybe they didn't get a single fucking letter. Yeah. But people are going to hear that and think, oh, it must be good. I got to get some. Yep. And that's how they sell it. We did the same thing with the shots. Oh, that initial demand for the boosters. Remember that last month? That drove other people to get vaccines because they saw other people doing it. Yeah. It happens all the time. It doesn't mean there's a demand. And in this case, I don't even think that would be good. Lucky Charms and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. They're both fine on their own. I don't know why we would need to Cinnamon mix them. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is my favorite, by the way. Favorite. I would never. That's one that I probably would rarely mix. If anything, it would be the regular cornflakes. That's it. That's what you used to mix your cereals well, with? Well, I used to, no, I used to mix anything. Like, I used to uh, mix whatever. You know, when I lived at home with my parents, I don't really eat cereal anymore. But when I used to live with my parents, and they would buy whatever cereal they would buy, I had fun mixing them. Whether it was a mix of Frosted Flakes and checks, 
Your fucking shreddies and honey nut Cheerios. I didn't give a shit. I loved a good variety. No problem. I don't discriminate. I'd cross, I'd cross the brands, no problem, don't care. Sometimes a three-way would be in there. Like no you shit. Never, you never knew. No, I didn't think you were the type. So how many times did you write a letter to General Mills, though? Or yeah, fucking see, Kellogg's? Again, it, that's one of those things you do just for fun. I don't demand that all the time. Uh-huh. Well, uh, listen, now that we've established that if you do that, you should probably you reevaluate call, your choices in life. What did you call them? Did you, what did you say that you were? If you do that, you're an asshole. <laughs> Who do you think's in charge at General Mills and Kellogg's reading the letters from their fans, quote unquote, suggesting different cereals to mix together into What's one? What's with like breakfast, breakfast food companies loving the shit out of this shit? Let's combine peanut butter and jelly in one squeeze tube. There you go. <laughs> Life shouldn't what be that the, convenient. Like, honestly, nothing we, should be that convenient. Nobody, there's nobody needs this. Like, there's other shit going on in the world, man. Nobody needs to combine everything together. Just sell your products, man. Just fucking chill out. Maybe you need to do some, eat less pop brownies. I don't know what it is, but chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Uh, two things left that I want to cover here because we're up against the clock. Uh, uh, we have major supply chain issues. Inflation is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And and companies, particularly in the food industry, are grappling with some very serious questions. One of them is something's got to give. With the supply chain disrupted, inflation going so high, their costs are up and they can't necessarily absorb all those costs. So again, something has to give. At Domino's, one of the most popular chains in the world, they've got quite the dilemma. What do we do with the chicken wings? In America, when you get a box of wings, it's $8.99 for a 10-pack of wings. Okay. That is not sustainable. Not with the supply chain issues, not with inflation. They can't keep doing that. Is their better move to raise the price or to take some of the wings out of the box? Mm -hmm. Because that's what they did. They just announced, great news, Domino's fans. We are not raising our prices. But you are going to get less food. But you are technically like, yes, you might not be raising the price on that, but the quantity changes. So you really are raising the price without raising the pro- without saying you're raising your prices, what you're doing. They're charging the same amount for less. So yeah, technically that's an increase. I, because per, cost per wing, right? Let's mm-hmm. go cost per wing here. You are absolutely raising the price. I think that was the wrong move. Really? You yeah, would have raised the price? I would have raised the price. See, some people would say, wait a second. 10 wings for 10.99. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm not even going to order from that place. But the problem is if you're used to getting um your your 10 wings and, and now it's 8. So you're used to getting your 10 wings, you'll notice a difference, but maybe maybe you will. No, if you're a regular customer, you notice a difference between the two. So you're like, "Okay, I'm paying the same price, but like I'm not satisfied." Does that mean I have to buy a second pack? And then really you're spending way more money for more food you don't need if that's the case. If you're having people over, let's say, and you think that's enough wings. There's only a couple people that want wings. That's what we'll do. I just don't think it's the right move because you can be straightforward. And they were straightforward here, and I guess they decided on that. Why not be straightforward and say, supply? we all understand prices of everything is going to go up. Yep. Even if it's by a little bit, mm-hmm. whether it's your coffee or your anywhere, just talking food in particular, fast food locations, whatever, the price is probably going to go up because the supply issue really is there. You just have to be human to know that. I go to the grocery store. I realize, holy shit, they're out of a lot of things right now. Or you know someone who works in a place where, holy shit, they're not making as much of this anymore. Don't talk to anybody in the car industry right now. I mean, it, that is just the way it is. So why can't you just be straightforward and be like, look, we got to raise the price of this instead of changing the amount in the box? Because then people are going to feel ripped off. I feel like that's a way to feel ripped off instead of saying, okay, I'm going to pay a little bit more to make sure I get what I what I want. Thank you for being upfront. I know it's going to cost you more. Everything costs more. This is a choice I'm making to go ahead and purchase that. I think it's going to come down to uh, preference amongst the companies, and and all businesses are going to have to make these decisions yeah, soon. They will. I'm thinking along the lines of McDonald's, for example. The most popular takeout burger in the world is a Big Mac combo. So they can raise the price of that combo or they can keep it the same, but you're going to get a small drink and a small fry instead of a medium drink and a medium fry. (laughs) Which wouldn't be the worst thing. No, it's probably better for us overall. (laughs) Way better. You want to fight COVID? Eh, Let's take away some of the fries. Yeah. It's entirely possible that some people would be okay with that. There's going to be others who, like you said, feel ripped off at that. But are you willing to pay more? Because not a lot of people are. Yeah. And I think they're just trying to get into a situation where people will still at least come in. 
So they don't completely write off Domino's, it's, McDonald's, and places like that. You know, and at a certain point, you do have to leave it to your customer base. I mean, we all have to make our choices. In the grocery store, I got to make my choice. You know, if if this product right here that I really like is not on sale this week, I choose to not buy it because that's too much for me. I'm not spending it. We each have our, we all have our threshold. Let the customers decide. And hopefully they choose to stick with you because you're just like, yeah, it's going to cost a couple bucks more. It costs us more. Can you help us out with that? Because if you're a customer, you're going to do it. And it was, sorry, if you really like the product, you're going to do it. And if you choose that, no, my threshold is $8.99. That's it. Fuck that. I'm not spending a dollar more then you got to kind of take that risk that the maybe one in 10 customers are going to do that. All right. We're, uh, we're out of time. I don't even have time for the last thing. We'll do it tomorrow. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of After 9. If you want to weigh in on anything, you don't have to call into the pod. You can, you can if you want, but you can just leave us a voicemail. Do you have the number there? Because I don't even know if I memorized it. I will momentarily. Yeah, we, um, we have a voicemail all set up, so feel free to. And then, you know, some of them we're able to, we're going to be able to air right here on the podcast. We could. So keep that in mind if you call. It is a 519 area code. So 519-772-4443. No matter what it's about, you can just say hi. You can let us know what you think about something we said. Mm, Give us a story. Whatever it might be, guys. Uh, It's there for you. Tomorrow, Dave Blizzard joins us on After 9, I think. Have your... Unless he's got COVID for a third time. (laughs) If it happened to anybody. It would happen to Dave. It would happen to Dave. Have a great day, guys. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye. I get this, I saw that uh, great schools in Massachusetts are using dogs to sniff out COVID. So if the dog starts barking, either you have COVID or Lunchables. Researchers found that Netflix has continued to produce content that shows people smoking, despite making a pledge that they would stop. People don't want Netflix to glorify addiction while they watch five hours of Netflix every night. The Girl Scouts have partnered with the delivery platform DoorDash to allow local troops to sell cookies through the app. Meanwhile, the Boy Scouts still trying to make a fire with sticks. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.